Welcome to another episode of 15 Minute Medicine. Today, I'm your host, Brad Chukumadze, and we're going to be speaking about a topic that I'm sure is very important to a lot of us. Whether you're a first-year medical student, studying for your registrar exams, or even a consultant, studying forms a very important part of our lives as medical professionals. And I thought that today we could speak about ways that we can improve that. I'm joined by a few special guests, namely Dr. Charles Fulun, who's a cardiology fellow at the University of Cape Town's hospital, Krutuske. He also is the founder of an app called ECG Aptitude, which helps with interpreting ECGs. We're also joined by Dr. Jennifer Ramasar, who's a senior lecturer at the University of Cape Town in pathology. She's also the course convener for undergraduate studies. Lastly, we had two very, very special guests. One, the dermatology, the head of department, Prof. Kumalo, as well as the late, great Professor Bongani Mayosi. Before we get to our esteemed guests, I first want to talk about an article that I read recently from the BMJ. It's an article entitled Study Tips for Medical Students, published in April of 2019. So there are five key concepts that this article discusses and in which they say that medical students can improve the way that they study. These being retrieval practice, elaboration, concrete examples, use of concept maps as well as joke holding, and interleaving. So I'm not going to leave you in the dark and I'm actually going to explain what these concepts mean. The first one, retrieval practice. So with retrieval practice, the name of the game is eliciting long-term memory. You're trying to rediscover paths that you've traveled down once before. You can do this by spaced revision of topics. You can practice recalling things that you've learned before. For example, the day before, just before you try to go over it again. You can use practice questions and flashcards. These are all very useful tips. Next, elaboration. And here you take key concepts and you try to explain them in as much detail as possible. What's very useful to do here is to try and explain this to another friend. You need to be asking questions like why, how, and this is going to enable you to draw out your knowledge of exactly what a concept means. We have concrete examples, and this is a way of taking your abstract ideas and trying to simplify them or give good examples of them so that you can recall them easily at a later stage. Concept maps and dual coding. So firstly, with dual coding, when you learn something, if you're able to represent it in two forms, for example, a picture and in writing, for example, if you're learning about, about the anatomy of the heart, you can describe it in words, but then you can also draw out the four chambers. This is two ways of explaining the same concept. Then, the, I said concept maps, and basically this combines the usage of elaboration with concrete examples, and this is a way of linking ideas. This allows you to develop clinical reasoning and problem-solving skills. The last study method is interleaving, also known as mixing things up. Although this may, this may feel a bit weird to most people, it's very good to kind of take different concepts and try to learn them together instead of learning them separately. An example of this is to not just study anatomy separately from physiology, but to take it all together, for example, if you're learning about the heart, 
learning your physiology of the heart while simultaneously looking at the anatomy that correlates to it. Another example is instead of learning different pathological entities, but by taking, for example, a presenting problem such as shortness of breath and learning all the things that can cause shortness of breath, and then this enables you at a later stage to be able to kind of differentiate between the different concepts. Now we get to our guests. As I said, we have firstly Dr. Charles Fillion and Dr. Jennifer Ramassar. Firstly, we're going to start with principles that both Dr. Ramassar and Dr. Fillion employ. We first turn to Dr. Ramassar. As a well-known song once said, the best place to start is at the very beginning. If you don't know what song I'm talking about, then you're probably born after 2000, and this is not for you. But off to Dr. Ramassar. You need to make a list of all the things you have to do, and then you break your workload down into chunks, and then you prioritize, uh, and then you go ahead and you do a little bit every day. I often tell students uh, they must consider the three P's. The three P's are plan, prepare, prioritize. And plan is looking at your timetable and then drawing up a study schedule based on your timetable, preparing because you have a timetable, you know what lectures are coming, so the day before you attend a lecture you need to do some preparation and that means you either need to read over notes, go to your a reader that you've been given or you look at your uh, textbook. Prioritize is really important. You need to identify constantly what your gaps are and those are the things that you need to work on. Dr. Fillion takes quite an old-fashioned approach in the principles that he uses. So the first thing I did when I was a medical student is I always wanted to understand physiology and have a good understanding of anatomy before I would attack any, any, any block, um, or take on any block rather. I, I always thought as a medical student that understanding a field you would remember it far longer um, and, and for that reason, I would start by, by understanding the, the physiology and the, how things really worked before I would go on to pathology, what goes wrong and how things go wrong. And then I would try and implement or take what I knew from physiology and pathology into clinical skills and clinical science and, 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 and study that way. The second thing is, I think crucial also, is um, one has to study every day. One mustn't fall behind. And as a medical student, I try to keep up, even though one also wants to have a social life and do other things. It is very important with the amount of work that we have to cover in medicine to study every, every day. And I can't say that I was always the best student at that, but it's something I always try to do, is try to keep up and read, for instance, before lectures, after lectures, um, and, and try and reinforce as much as possible stay calm, be in control, break up things into manageable chunks. I often tell students the analogy, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Now that we've spoken about the principles, the next thing to talk about are bad habits that we should not fall into. I know for myself, one thing that always derailed me was trying to watch TV while studying at the same time and lying in bed. This always resulted in me falling asleep. If I had to re-study medicine today as a medical student, I would focus more on the outcomes they, they provide for each block. 
I think the problem is we often try to read a book from cover to cover and I think it's probably best to concentrate on study objectives and really making sure that you know the most of everything which is specified by, by study coordinators. I think when you're in first year, you just want to do everything. And and I think that gives you the sense of being overwhelmed. But just understanding that if you go according to the three Ps, you plan what you've got to do for the week, and then you know you've got enough time, you do the preparation and you prioritize, then you should be okay. I think a mistake I made as a medical student is uh, when I got home, I, was, I would take a book and I would try to read it from cover to cover. By doing that, you're going to run out of time as a medical student. One needs to concentrate on the things which are important. I think one needs to be guided by the study objectives we give you in every block. Another thing I would have done differently as a medical student is instead of rereading things you know, I think I could have done better by reading things I didn't know and rather concentrate on those. I think one of the things also is I always hear, I often uh, ask the first student, uh, the first question I ask students when they come to see me is, how many hours are you putting in every week over and above what you're spending at university? And it always surprises me that students are doing much more than I think they should be doing. And when I interrogate them and ask them, but if you're studying six hours a day, why are you still struggling? And when I interrogate further, I find out that they spend a lot of time reading textbooks. Um, and that takes them a lot of time. And when they're reading the textbooks, they, they don't have a question that needs to be answered. So what they're doing is they go into a chapter if they need to understand inflammation. They just go and they read everything on inflammation instead of asking themselves, what is it that I don't understand about inflammation? Is it I don't understand what inflammation is, or I don't understand the process, or I don't understand the regulation. And then, if you have a question, you will go to the chapter that deals with that question, and then you only need to read that. And then, obviously, it will take you less time. And also, reading doesn't replace studying. You have to study the work. You can't only read it and make notes. You have to study it. Lastly, the crux of the matter. These are techniques that have been found quite useful for students that Dr. Amosal has worked with and also for Dr. Fulunin in his personal capacity. Do you know what the Nike sign says? Just do it. When I studied as a, when I, well, when I did my postgraduate studies, I would more concentrate on approaches to clinical problems, which I found very, very beneficial. And because ultimately when a patient comes to you, they come with a problem and you need to have an approach to that problem. And not only a, an approach to making a diagnosis, but also an approach to how to manage and treat that patient and how to best work them up and, 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 and yeah, as I said, treat them. When I was studying, at the end, I would always summarize. And the way I used to summarize was doing a mind map. Uh, because then on that mind map I would be able to see uh, because I think the things that help you to remember, uh, because sometimes we have very random facts that we need to know, but if you can link it to something that you already know, 
then you are able to remember it a little bit better. Um, what I can tell you also is that um, the different learning theories which, which prove to you to work very well, for instance, if you can reinforce your learning by firstly preparing for a lecture, reinforcing in the lecture, actively participating in the lecture, not just passively being there and just being spoon-fed, afterwards going back home and reinforcing again by reading, um, you are doing yourself a huge favour. Um, again, I want to stress the point of reading very cleverly around the areas and not necessarily book cover to cover, but really focusing on the areas which we line out to you, which are important. Another field which uh, proves to you to have good evidence or a study method rather is um, um, to, to study with test enhanced learning. So what you do is you study, you do a, some sort of a quiz of sorts and you get feedback and you identify the areas where you don't necessarily know something. Um, and then what you do is you go and study the areas which you don't know very well and you go and reinforce those areas. And that, I think, works very, very well. This brings us to the conclusion of this episode on study methods. But before we go, as promised, there's a special clip. So this I mean, is Professor Mayose yeah. and Professor Kumada, yeah. and they're just going to give us one or two lines about yeah. how they think it's best to study. Yeah, well, the, the best technique is to read the work that you've done on that day before you go to bed go over it again so that the new brain circuits that are being formed to solidify your memory can be established. <laughs> Seems simple enough. <laughs> I think for me the best technique is to have structure. So if, if you don't plan, you fail. You know, but if you've got structure and every day you've got dedicated sections that you do with the day. So you say for you know from 9 to 10, this is what I do from this time to this time. So for me, that's the main thing. So reading every day, yes, but if there is no structure, then you won't actually get yourself to sit down and do it. Yes. Good. <laughs> Thank you. That's perfect. Yeah, Thank you very much. After listening to that episode, I'm in the library trying to get some studying done. Thank you for listening to another episode of 15.